Welcome, welcome all of you. This is Sananda. You're familiar with the idea or the term second coming. And so this talk is an opportunity to open that idea out. To give it a polish for the times in which you live. There was a time in human history or prehistory when humanity found itself looking back over its shoulder, we might say, at what it experienced as better times. So for quite a while, these things tend to change phase by phase through the development of human consciousness. For quite a time, humanity lived with a sense of having fallen from a higher state. And that this was something to be accepted, perhaps to be endured. And people in their storytelling, in their imagining, in their shared memories, look back to the godlike ones, the heroes, the heroines, the wonderful beings with magical powers who once had walked the earth but now no more. And in that phase, on the whole, there was not much focus upon the future. It was simply a sense of living in the after days, the aftermath. But then that phase came to its own natural end. And individuals began to appear on earth. Some of whom are known to you by name, but many are not. Who suggested something different. That whatever the past might have been, there could be a better future, a different way of being, a different way of experiencing yourselves. They offered methods, promises, of how that better world could be arrived at. Such teachers, not invariably, but as time went on predominantly, appeared in human form. And because they were appearing in human form, generally speaking, the way that they modeled the truth was in what we might describe as a standard human life. A lifespan that would be recognized by all those around them. In other words, they brought whatever gifts they had to give 
they gave them and then they left this physical life. And so those who'd felt a benefit of their presence, either directly or by repute, through their teachings, found it very natural to imagine and to think of a time when these special people would return, would come back, would come again a second time. And so by degrees, the teachings that were given for the now began a little easily to become about a future state. And that quite easily transmutes into the notion of something that can be put off till tomorrow. And that in turn develops another quality, the quality of waiting. Waiting for the second coming, waiting for heaven on earth, waiting for the wonderful time to begin. And that has become very unhelpful. You know how much you like waiting. Probably not a lot. It's not a very healthy space to be in. There are other ways, of course, of responding to the notion of a second coming. The special being, the special person coming back to earth to help you all, to save you all. For some, it's not about waiting. It's about preparing. That's more healthy. But it still carries with it the sense of not now. We're preparing for the special guest who comes tomorrow. We're doing our best to make the house beautiful, tidy, clean. But it's still tomorrow. There's still an element of waiting. So now is the time to stop waiting. If you have been waiting, stop that. Let go of it. The second coming, as you probably appreciate, is not someone else. It's you. You're the second coming. But that can still present the challenge of preparation or waiting. I may say to you, that which you await is within you, rather than in some future time. But you can still have a sense that you sort of know that. It can feel as if it certainly could be true that there is a divine being lurking.
working within you, your own divine self, you can conceive of that being possible to realize, to live as your divine self. Yes, you see that could be possible. But it quickly can bring you back to waiting or preparing that it still lies in the future. So we encourage you to practice when you wish, discovering that wonderful being within. Do this kindly. One of the secondary skills that is of huge value in revealing to yourself your divine self is relinquishing judgment, criticism. And it doesn't matter whether the judgment is of you or of another or others. It all comes to the same thing. Judgment creates separation. It separates you from your own divine self and the divine self in others. And so relinquishing it is, in principle, simple, though in practice quite demanding. And it takes you towards that recognition of the completeness of your being. And we might say the completeness of your being is just another way of speaking of your divine self. It is you recognizing your completeness. And to recognize your completeness, you're going to be recognizing that completeness now. It's not a completeness further down the road. It's now. Were you able in this moment to accept yourself exactly as you are, completely, you would discover that every aspect of that which you are accepting is divine. That you are the second coming that you might in your imagination or in your heart be awaiting. Now let's approach this from a different angle. Why is it like this? Why is it that I say to you now, you are the second coming? Your world is changing as you know. And changing in ways that are obvious to you and ways that are less obvious. But you're certain that the world is changing. In previous ages, when these great, renowned teachers appeared on earth, those you know, those who've not left a name behind, but whose presence was every bit as real, they came to you in ages when it took 
very considerable focus of light to penetrate the density of the earth plane. And so, for a while, over a long period of time, but I'm not talking about all time, so for a while, the most effective way to do this that was recognized by those beings in high dimensions who helped the evolution of consciousness on Earth, it was recognized that the most effective way of doing this was to focus an intensity of light within one individual, sometimes a small group of individuals, and to hold that focus. Many beings would be involved. So that while the tip of the needle, as it were, was one individual human being, behind that individual were many others holding a focus, steady. But the energies of the earth plane have been shifting for a while, and that shift has been growing in intensity. And so that for a while it has been evident to those same beings who love to help the evolution of human consciousness that now the most effective way is not to concentrate the light in just a few chosen individuals. Such individuals are still around. They have their part to play, and it's a very valuable and precious part. But they and those who went before them have made it possible, and you yourselves have made it possible, by the way in which you've chosen to manifest in human form at this time, for not now just a few individuals to hold the light, but for many of you. And more and more are coming to earth in the generations that are following on from you. So we come back now to non-judgment and absence of criticism. Because for the effective realization of the divine within the many who come now as a second coming, You need to find one another. You need to recognize one another. And the separation that judgment creates prevents this or slows this process down. The more you're able to see the divine in another, the more she or he is able to sense the divine in themselves. And as they do that for themselves, they're also doing it for you. You're all mirrors for each other. And when you're willing to see the best in yourself and the best in others too, you're bringing that light 
into realization, into lived experience. You're contributing to creating a state that we call divine presence, which is simply a reality in which all who participate in that reality recognize the divine in themselves and in each other and share that experience. And in sharing it, are able to generate an environment that is sufficiently vibrant for the divine to be not just experienced internally, but to be witnessed in the world around you in which you take your existence as human beings. In other words, what is sometimes called heaven on earth. All of this, as I've suggested before, of the secondary issue of judgment and non-judgment, is in principle extremely simple, but also in practice very challenging. You have noticed how again and again you come to encounter your own perceived limitations, your own doubts, what you sense as your weaknesses, your failings. And you witness those of those with whom you share the world. And it is so easy, so understandable to slide into a world in which you feel you are contesting, struggling to survive, acting against forces that seem to wish to suppress you, to pull you into a world of darkness and separation, of fear, of hardship, of bitterness and pain. But when you find that tide pulling at your feet. It's not that you need to resist it. It's that you need to recognize it for what it is, which is illusion. Illusion that can be so convincing that many with whom you share the earth and at times yourselves may choose to act out that illusion, to bring it into your reality. So this is another skill that you are developing and can continue to develop because it's valuable, which is to see through the illusions, not to deny the pain that others experience, or indeed that you experience. But, I will express it in this way, to deny its validity. Don't deny the experience. The experience is real for whoever's are experiencing it. but not to buy into the notion that this is a necessary condition of life, 
It's just what people are experiencing at the moment. Perhaps what you are experiencing sometimes at this time. But keep on developing that ability to see through your own outer self to the divine within, to see through all that is the manifestation that is your world, the world around you, the world that you share with billions of others, to see through to the heaven that is here now. Hold that in your vision, not tightly, not with a feverish grip, but with a calm inner knowing that it is here and that you see it. And what you will find is that as you see it, others more and more become interested in what it is you are seeing. What is this other world that you evidently are experiencing? And they will come looking. But that's not why you're doing it. You're not here to persuade others to conjole, to chivy them like a sheepdog. Let people be as they are. Because when you see the divine within, you can be content to let them be as they are. You don't need to change them. You're seeing their infinite beauty. You don't need to change that. Be at peace with this journey you're making. There is a past, there is a future. But they are ultimately imaginary. There's only here now. Just us sharing this particular time and space. Playing with what is possible. And so when you look for the second coming... Look for it within, look for it in others, look for it and find it now. It isn't anywhere else. Thank you so much for listening. And now, with our love, go well.